What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, November 7th, 2019. But you might as well call it an episode of Podcast Beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former informer, Imran Khan. Howdy. I have Jason Mraz's I'm Yours stuck in my head. It, and it's I don't know. It's one of those terrible songs that's like stuck in my head. I can't get it out. Now, you're allowed to say that, but I did just see you take off ear, earbuds. So, were you listening to it right before this? Did no. it come on in your, mo- was, your morning I commute? I was listening to a podcast before I came in. Mm-hmm. I just woke up. And I like story. that da, 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 like that rhythm. I'm yours. Yes, that, like, stuck in my head, like, fuck, 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 fuck. I can't get this out now. It's a great song. Won't you nibble my ear? I used to work in a, <laughs> I used to work in a coffee shop that had live music. So yeah. every day somebody with a guitar would come in. It would be a different guy with a fucking beard yeah. come in and play that song. So at some point you just kind of get annoyed hey, with I it. I probably knew a couple of those guys. You probably did. Forgive yourself for vanity and just go into season. They also Nothing show up at every high school party. <laughs> They're too, way too yeah. old to yeah. be there. But God, <laughs> they're there and they know how to play the guitar. I digress. Let's talk about what we're talking about today. It's going to be PlayStation, PlayStation, and more PlayStation. Huge shakeups happening in the world of Nathan Drake. We're going to talk about all that and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can go there. Give us your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game then tune in to watch us record the show live twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games rooster teeth and podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you thank you to our patreon producers matthew carolina blackjack Zach Parsley, Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Manscaped and Hymns, but I'll tell you about that later. Instead, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Two items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. But that's all you need, Imran. They're big. Yeah. You ready? I'm very ready to talk about some political minutiae <laughs> bullshit. Pl- political minutiae bullshit. Let's start with the PlayStation Power and Moves. Sony Interactive Entertainment, the company responsible for the PlayStation brand and family of products, has today announced the promotion of Gorilla's Herman Holst to the head of Worldwide Studios effective immediately. In this role, in this role, Holst will manage and lead all game development across the 14 studios that form Worldwide Studios. The company also announced that Shuhei Yoshida will leave his current position as president Worldwide Studios to become head of a newly formed initiative that will fo- focus on nurturing external independent creators. Holst uh, co-founded Amsterdam-based Guerrilla and more recently served as managing director. The studio best known for the Killzone franchise, which debuted on PlayStation 2 in 2004, and the acclaimed Horizon Zero Dawn, until, which launched in uh, 2017 on PS4. Under Holst's leadership, uh, Guerrilla has continued to innovate and, de- and developed Decima, a proprietary game engine launched in 2013 and used for the production of a range of titles, including the upcoming Death Stranding by Kojima Productions. Sony Computer Entertainment acquired uh, uh, Guerrilla in 2005. Angie Smets, uh, Jan Bart Van Beek, and Michael Vanderloo will take over as Holst's duties uh, at Guerrilla as joint studio heads. Uh, today, SIE also announced a new company initiative led by PlayStation veteran 
Shuhei Yoshida, and focused on celebrating external developers that are creating new and unexpected experiences for the gaming community. Reporting directly to Jim Ryan, Yoshida will leave his role at Worldwide Studios to concentrate on our diverse community of independent developers, ensuring they have the tools, technology, and services to reach PlayStation's large community of gamers successfully. Quote, I am thrilled to announce Shu, I am thrilled to announce Shu Yoshida as head of this new initiative. Everybody knows just how passionate Shu is about independent games. They are the lifeblood of the industry, making our content portfolio so special for our gamers. These wildly creative experiences deserve focus and a champion like Shu at PlayStation who will ensure the entire SIE organization works together to better engage with independent developers through a culture of supporting and celebrating their contributions to the PlayStation platforms, added Ryan. Now, that was the official release, pared down a bit, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Uh, then, over at gamesindustry.biz, Christopher this Dring was talking to Jim Ryan. We're going to talk about his interview in a separate uh, thing coming up, but I thought this was interesting for all the conversations we're about to have, right? PlayStation CEO and President Jim Ryan said that Holst's uh, appointment will prove Sony is very much thinking globally as it moves to the next generation. Quote, Herman is a European who will be taking, uh, taking one of the major offices at PlayStation, he said. I think everybody in Europe should be thrilled and happy and proud that that is happening. <laughs> you want to talk about how we were talking about there being this war internally of like right. what's going on with territories. That's an interesting quote. Also, that's like asking a robot to uh, or describe someone. It's like, he's European. He's European. All Europeans should be excited about <laughs> it. Uh, the news will come as promising. Uh, the, new, uh, the news will come as promising. Reading to the independent gaming community. We're jumping down. Over the past 12 months, this is he's talking about Shoe now. Over the past 12 months, some indie studios have expressed concern to gamesindustry.biz that PlayStation seems to be scaling back its support for smaller developers. However, Ryan insists that indies have always remained important to the platform holder. Quote, I get this a lot. We feel that it's not a question of us coming back to the indies because we feel like we've never left. I would just point to the amount of engagement that PlayStation has made with that community over the course of the last three to five years in the VR space. People tend to forget about this, but the amount of indie engagement with VR is actually really very significant. We are very active with them. We've been engaging with human resource. We've been very financially supportive. Uh, We've been sharing experiences as people start to learn about what makes a great VR experience. I think we've always been there with indies, and when they were fascinated and engaged with virtual reality, uh, that's where we pivoted our engagement with them. So our work with the indie community has remained at the levels that it was during the early days of the PlayStation 4, end quote. Remained is an interesting word to use there. He's just saying nothing changed, all right? Mm. We, were, we were underselling it. We took our eyes <laughs> off the ball. He's uh-huh. saying it's our fault, Imran. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. Of course it is. Imran... Where do you want to start? So let's a lot clar- of news today! Let's clarify for a bit, because I actually I was confused by this. I read the GamesIndustry.biz story, yeah. and it was saying he's now the head of Worldwide Studios. Does that mean he's taking Yoshida's place as president, or he's taking Layden's place as chairman? Here's the thing. I have not seen... KindOfFunny.com slash you're wrong is open for business, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking for a direct thing. The direct reading from the direct press release... Today announced the promotion of Gorilla's Herman Hulse to head of Worldwide Studios. Right. What I'm reading there, personally, off the, reading the tea leaves, president and chairman are gone. Those titles don't exist anymore. There's the head of Worldwide Studios. Mm-hmm. It's Herman. We've started a new position in this place. So for people who don't know, a president sits on a board. A chairman is the head of the board. So a chairman can theoretically overrule a president. Right. So I guess maybe they just want to get rid of that distinction here. Just have one person as the point man for all this stuff. Right. That's what I would take away from it, too. Like, my reading on this is that, yes, I think that Shu stepped aside to go to this different independent job, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with their then being this vacuum in terms of who's in charge then in terms of there being no Sean and now Shu going aside, I think it is the Herman promotion. Because if you remember, even when Sean got promoted to chairman, everybody's like, so does Shu still work? And they're like, oh no, he's still president. And you're like, Wait, what? Why? Yeah. Why? Why is there a chairman and as a president? Why does that make any sense? I mean, the whole thing, like Worldwide Studios and places like Jim Ryan is still head boss, but then there's sub bosses like underneath him, yeah, yeah, yeah. which kind of makes sense. But they all position them as like this person makes all the decisions, and I guess in terms of software, Herman Holst is going to be the person who oversees everything. In terms of first party software, first party software, yeah. Yes. So like now, now in the same way, and this is you know extrapolating. I'm sure there could be things we don't know or things that'll change extrapolating now when Naughty Dog, Insomniac, whoever wants to pitch a first-party game, or their next project, I guess, they're pitching to Herman. Right. And her, I'm sure Herman's team, I'm sure he's not alone out there. But you know what I mean? Like, he's now taking that Shuhei role. And from what I, the fact that they're calling it head of Worldwide Studios, they are capitalizing head. <laughs> they are acting like that's an official title that'll be on yeah. business cards. To me personally, that reads as, yes, that is just everything. Because it is very strange. When I first read it, I was like, okay, so obviously he's, he's replacing Layden. But I was like, oh, well, Yoshida's also leaving in the same like, in the same breath. Yeah. So he must be. There must be some co or coalescence there of the two. The titles. Yeah, yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, that's what I see from it. But it, it's interesting what Ryan had to say about this, and it, it also makes me wonder a bit about why what Layden left mm-hmm. of well, the, the continuing conversation, right? Yeah, because we're never gonna know <laughs> yeah. for sure. But even though it is po- worth pointing out that uh, Sean Layden been congratulating people on Twitter today with yeah. all this news and stuff, so he's out there, he's responding to stuff. He's just not saying why he just left. Not saying, hey, this is exactly what happened to me. But he, Ryan says, okay, Holst is European. European should be happy. We're thinking globally, and this is a good. Our, this is how we're doing it. Yeah. Do you think he's saying that because well, we got a European, we might as well like reference the fact that he's European and that's how. We're, or was that the reason? Was was his reason? I don't think it's the reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the reason. I think that on like I woke up and was very confused because I did my normal thing where I went in to brush my teeth and I looked at my phone uh-huh. and the first thing I saw on Instagram was Herman being like, "So awesome that uh, Angie and JB and everybody's coming up and they're going to be the co-heads." And I was like, "Oh, like Herman's letting other people head the studio with him? That's weird." And that's when I went to my email and went through and saw this and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck is happening?" Reading through, and I know this is something I saw on a subreddit, I've seen it on uh, Resetter, I've seen it on Twitter in general. Mm-hmm. Personally, my read on all of this is that this is all incredibly positive. This is all good. I don't right. think this is a... I think when Sean got put chairman of Worldwide Studios, I think that was a bit weird. I thought that one read weird. This one, I think, is good on a multiple two to levels. Let's talk about Herman in, in particular right now before we get to the shoe stuff. Mm-hmm. For Herman in particular, I think this is so awesome because Herman has been, first off, Rad the entire 13 years I've known the guy, right? Because I knew him when he was working on Killzone and trying to make Gorilla's thing and doing all these different things. Right. Always awesome, always straight shooter, always there with the interview uh, and knew what he was talking about. To see him and Gorilla continue to climb, to see them knock it out of the park with Horizon, to see Herman get on a different level and really, you know, you see all these goofy photos of him with Kojima or whatever for the Death Engine, right? Or you see him interview Neil at that uh, 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 Game Creators thing where they interviewed each other. Right. Um, He's a smart dude, and not and not only is he a smart fucking guy, he's a great fucking guy, and he's a guy that is literally from the system all the way through. Like that's always the weird thing, right? When all right, now we're appointing Jim Ryan or this, it's, it's Jack Ryan or it's a Sean Lay, and it's all these different people, and it's like, cool. I know they're important to PlayStation, and they've been there, but it's one of those they're not the people who, for the most part, and I'm painting with a broad brush here, mm. are making the games and are seeing it on that day to day level of the minutia of it. From what I see, personally, you know what I mean? I don't know Sean's entire career or something to that effect. But for, for 
for Herman, I really feel like it's a guy who paid his dues and went through this whole system and has been with PlayStation forever in a way that when I think of Scott Rohde, right, when I think of uh, somebody who started as a tester and then went all the way up to where he is now, you know what I mean, being on that team and being a, a, a leader and people look to him and understand it, that's what I see out of Herman, somebody who understands what it's like to make games. And I think getting someone in who not only understands what it's like to make games, understands what it's like to make modern games, to understand what it, it, right. it is like to make a modern fucking AAA awesome title that is revered in the industry when you talk about horizon i think that's incredibly important not to say that Shu, sean any of the other suits you want to talk about have lost touch with that not mm-hmm. that shoes a suit but you understand what I mean. <laughs> that they've lost touch with what it means i think it's just an awesome thing of this is a homegrown playstation leadership role guy it's not like it's somebody who's getting promoted to this position we don't know about and we don't know what their resume is and it's like oh cool you worked on this game in on playstation one back in the day that's cool right this is somebody who understands what it's like to make a game into a triple a game that playstation is known for in 2019 i mean it actually it follows kind of the career path of satoru Iwata a little bit of he was he worked at Hal. he was a programmer then like became president of HAL. Then from there, they brought him into Nintendo. Like, hey, do you just want to run all software as the like head of relations here, or yeah. game development relations? Like, sure. And then that was just grooming him for the eventual CEO position. So I can see they definitely want to... I don't know that they're going on that exact, like, looking at a lot of oh, we want to do this exact same path. What is a path that tends to prove to work occasionally? Yeah. Of, this guy understands games. And they I think he, yeah, they and understand I think, development. And I think he understands it in a way, and again, I'm not at all throwing, I hope it's kind of not reading that way, throwing rocks at Shu for being president for, since 2008, uh, Sean for being uh, chairman the way he was or anything like that. I'm, I don't mean it that way. I just mean he's, he's boots on the ground straight off the front line here to come right. in and be like, cool, I know the pain points. Like, imagine when Naughty Dog pitches him their next game and the questions he'll have that somebody else wouldn't have had or wouldn't have thought about. Right. Imagine, you know, he knows the engines. He knows where they're working. He knows legitimately what the day-to-day problems are with making something in this style. It's a big leap for him personally. Like, I'm not saying he's unprepared or whatever for oh, sure. it, but, like, when you think about Gorilla from the start of the generation to now, yeah. like, the head of the studio went from, oh, we made a launch game that looks kind of good, to, hey, now I'm head of Worldwide Studios. That's a lar- rather large leap. Yeah. I kind of like. I guess in the background, maybe he's because you know about these like the PlayStation summits, yeah. where developers are like they, they talk to each other, they share technology like within Sony Worldwide Studios. I imagine he probably takes the lead on a lot of those things and helps developers like, oh, we're having this problem here. Let me help you with that, or let me share these technologies. Let me connect these two things together. Yeah. So I, that probably makes sense to go from there, from that kind of leadership, to an actual leadership position of just making it you know, official. Yeah, you assume it's on top of, you know, exactly what you're saying, where he goes to these things and you already see that everybody looks to him, even even though he's a peer as a leader, that now, okay, let's, you know, again, anoint him to take over the throne here. Right. And see what, what that inspires in the uh, the audience, what that inspires in the uh, heads of the studio, the studios themselves. And again, it's just a great story in terms of like, yep, you can do this. You person who's being a tester right now or work just making environments or whatever, right? Like, there is a career path that can get you to being the head of Sony Worldwide Studios. Right. That's a great message for them to be in, ter- in terms of promoting internally, promoting from the straight developer teams. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, to reverse this a little bit. Yeah. We talked a little bit about, like, oh, I wonder if this has anything to do with the Sean Layden thing of, like, yeah. why he left. Do you think that... They they wanted to go more globally, and thus like okay, well, Layden doesn't make a lot of sense for this. Or do you think maybe the p- our position elimination of 
we're not going to have you split your duties between like Yoshida and like Layden anymore. We want one person for all these things. Can you be that person? Layden's like, I don't feel like doing that. Like maybe if we were going a different direction. I mean, it's still here's the thing about all everything we're talking about, right? Guess what I'm reading from right now? <laughs> a Sony official press release that broke the news, was out in front of it all. Here's all the questions. Here's all the answers. Here's how it is. Here's a statement from Jim Ryan. Here's the vision for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Sean Layden is still a fucking 280-character <laughs> tweet. Right. That's all that was said. I still think we don't know what happened with Sean. I, don't, I still think it was not planned. I think this is a direct reaction to that. Okay. I don't think Sean is a reaction to them saying we wanted to do something to this effect. Because mm-hmm. I think if, if that was, and again, I'm not a corporate ladder business guy, but if it was like, hey, we want to combine these roles, and he's like, I'm not good for it, or we want you to move to a different role, he, I, I still think anything that would have happened in that sphere, it would have been like, straight up, I don't like this, I'm not about it, I will, I will play ball, you do it, you move me to that role, but in nine months I'm leaving kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think that's how you play that. So you're in the press release being like gracious and like, oh, yeah, it's been great. And yada, yada, yada. I'll see you later, everybody. Right. You don't just fucking be like, no, goodbye. <laughs> no, way, Sean, please come back. No, I'm as gone. You're, as you're typing on your phone, you're a goodbye tweet as you leave the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not even. You're, you're <laughs> just saying, hey, Sid Schumann, tweet for me. I'm out of here. Put it up on the PlayStation account. <laughs> like, I still think there's a lot we don't know about Sean Layden. And, and it's back to the, you know, the article from gamesdaily.biz or uh, uh, Futter. No, no, not games industry. It was uh, if Futter wrote it, it was probably Games Daily, but he freelances. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was yeah when Futter put up his thing, right? Or was it even Futter? Whatever the place <laughs> that Futter writes for. That was like the hey, it was more explaining the power struggle here, right? right. And if this is the latest uh, wrinkle in it, this then that one weird Jim Ryan quote and Jim Ryan who I've never met in person, but I assume is part cyborg. <laughs> why Why can't we have crossplay? The children. What the fuck is he talking about? Just, Wait, why, why is Herman a great fit for this job? He's European. All Europe should be happy. This is fucking, what the fuck is he saying over here? I assume that that, that, has, that seems like such an easy correlation wrinkle right there of like, Yep, we're still. We understand we've t- we moved PlayStation's HQ and brain to San Mateo, right, in mm-hmm. California, in the United States. However, Europe's still very important. Look at Herman's been promoted. Like Japan's still very important. Look what we're doing over here. We're still a global company. I mean, when he says Europe's very important, I assume he means PlayStation Europe. Of course. Not like, oh no, yeah, not yeah, he's yeah. not like he's <laughs> not, not like, like France. Don't rebel against yeah. us. No, Germans no, no. are dancing in the street. No, like, no, no. I don't mean. Yeah, he's no, no, very, very much. That, I'm thinking about that and the fact that like there were layoffs recently, and we were discussing here of. Does that mean Ryan, who used to head places in Europe, and he was, it's a point of pride for him yeah. that he made that thing rock while PlayStation was struggling elsewhere in the yeah. world? And it's actually a thing Layden used to admit fault for, like, oh, yeah, we fucked that up. Yeah. But do you think this is him like going, okay, actually, we do need to focus a little bit on Europe. We need to let Europe know that they are still important places in Europe so they don't lose morale. So here's one, one of their guys, one of Europe's biggest Star, stars right yeah, now, yeah. coming up and like, now he's had a software here. I don't. I think it's just a, a usual uh, foot and mouth Jim Ryan thing where he just did not. He like <laughs> a bullet in a china shop, kind of smashed into that quote. Yeah. I think that Herman's the right guy for the job. Right. When you're like, who do we want to bring up? Who commands leadership? Who knows the landscape? Who's been working? I mean, even again with like the tongue in cheek joking, like of how Kojima's always like flirting with him on, <laughs> on Twitter or whatever. It is the fact that they've worked closely, like helping someone else make the game, right? Yeah. And I'm sure to get through that and explain to Kojima how De- Decimal works and all these different things. Like, I think he's the right guy for the job. I think the title and the job is way too big a deal just to be a, like, 
token gesture of like, mm-hmm. no, Europe still matters. We'll slap a title on him. <laughs> like, I think it is very much like he's that, and I get to say Europe's great still. <laughs> Look, we love PlayStation Europe. You know, S C E, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's like mm. or S I no S I E E. Yeah, I hate it when they do that. Yeah, it, it used to be so much easier with like S C A E A. Yeah, S C E E. Well, those are the days, man. Those you know, the why days. don't they think of us and yeah. how easy it would be for us to talk about it? I mean, they make these like they're European. And all Europeans should be happy. Exactly. All your <laughs> they are throwing ticker tape parades <laughs> throughout Germany right now. Um, but then let's get to the shoe part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So shoe, president of Sony Worldwide Studios since 08. Shoe for oh, I would say in many ways a PlayStation mascot, right? right. Like he's beloved. Everybody everybody knows shoe. What's your read on him moving to this indie role? I charitably I I'd assume it's a lateral move. But like reading it the first time, I was like, oh, this is a devotion. Yeah. Like this is just dealing with indie stuff again. I don't know because it indie stuff fluctuates so much with PlayStation. They they claim they've been like we never support, left. Yeah, yeah, we just moved to VR. Looking, we were looking at VR things. They claim that, but I think it's a it's not a secure position. It is take care of us for a year, and then after that we'll see what we want to do for you. But like to go from president of Worldwide Studios to having your position essentially eliminated and you moved off to the indie stuff. Yeah, it feels like they're. I'm not going to say unhappy with what he's doing, but they don't know what to do with him. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I hear my take on it is a bunch of different things. That's totally possible. Uh, I think that knowing Shuhei Yoshida as long as I've known him, right, there's not an ounce of hubris in the man. Mm-hmm. So I don't think for a second he gives a flying fuck about his title. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I th- so I think it would be that either... They this whole Sean shoe thing got convoluted to begin with, and he wasn't happy that with that anymore. Uh, it was this idea of like, hey, chairman and president don't make much sense, and we do want new blood, and we do want some fresh perspectives on this. We're thinking about bringing Herman up. Right. Shoe never in a million years would stand in anybody's way for that. And then it's also this thing that is shoe happy there anymore? You know what I mean? Like we always talk about it, like the. Worst thing that can happen to you at a, at a job that you love is not being as passionate about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not on a limb if he ever wasn't as passionate about it, whatever. But going in for the same meetings, the same things, the same conversations, especially as you, you get ready to launch a new piece of hardware, you want to shake things up. You want it to be successful, obviously. Right. But you also want new ideas. And I mean, so he's, I, he's definitely taken a step back in recent years of like, he used to be the, he was the Miyamoto, Awada, whatever you want to say, yeah. of. Sony for a while because like he was in games they, like he was the mascot character of Sony yeah, yeah. for quite a while and yeah. then it, once the Layden thing happened it was like all right now well we're not doing that anymore and so that's where it gets interesting in some ways right of where I don't think I, I do not think it's a demotion I think I, on paper if you look at it your presence not your title anymore demotion right but I do think it's more lateral and I do think he doesn't care and I'm sure it doesn't affect him there I think as we talk about what we're talking about right now it starts to make sense where it is that. Shoe's the mascot. Everyone knows Shoe's PlayStation. Everybody loves Shoe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't I want that guy out there campaigning and talking to indie developers? Wouldn't I want that guy who's had eight years as president, way more than that in his PlayStation stable, years of experience of ta- looking at Naughty Dog and being like, that game sucks. You're not making that game or change this or do that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I want that guy walking around packs where everybody knows him and everybody loves him looking at the, everybody in the indie mega booth and going like, hmm, interesting. You want to have a meeting? You want to do this? Pull those people aside. Are you getting what you need? Like, 
it seems like as PlayStation has become more, as we joke around all the time, from the start of PlayStation 4 to where we are now at State of Play, it's literally a disembodied voice <laughs> telling you about the games that you, they want you to know about. Right. Whereas it was in the beginning, it was she like opening Gamescom and sitting in a big comfy chair and playing. Or uh, the Adam Boys video we referred to the other day. Like, right. That was a big thing for Sony. That was shit. Like, I want to say the views on that were like 2.4 million. Totally. Something insane. I, 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 again, I don't think there's any hubris in Shu. I don't think he, he sits around and wants to be a star. I do think he misses interacting the way he got to interact before. Right. And I would think this role gets him back out there interacting in a way that he will be thrilled to do. And I would think, and I'm and I don't know, obviously shoes day to day, I would think would be less strenuous than what running worldwide studios would be. I've never heard any developer have a bad word to say about Shuhei Yoshida. I've heard them have plenty to say about Sony and Jim Ryan. Sure, sure, sure. So sure, if sure. you're if you're out there saying Hey, we want indie development to be big on PS4 or PS5, like it was on PS4. Because honestly, for the first year, that's a kind of thing you do want to fill in those yeah. gaps. Because the games just aren't going to come that quickly. Of course, you want somebody to essentially apology tour for you and somebody people like. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. To get out there in front of these people and like, how can you be mad at Shu? He's a, he's a, he's great. Yeah, and he'll, he's he'll be there, yeah, he'll be there telling you all the things you want to hear. Yeah. Of like Sony does care. We're going to like really go for it this time. Whether or not that's true, if you show hey Yoshida says it, yeah. then you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I'll believe it. I'll I will trust you guys this time, and like we'll put something new on the first year for launch. Yeah, you, it's funny. Just as an anecdote, anecdote, anecdote. Uh, I'm not curing any cancer. <laughs> you drunk with it? <laughs> now I'm just struggling with words as I often do. I was, I was hired to write them, not to say them. Um, yeah, I've never heard a bad word about shoot either, mm -hmm. but I have had so many first party Sony devs talk to me about like. Man, it's awesome to see you interact with Shu and you bring him on shows and stuff. You don't know him like I know him. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, when you have to pitch a game to Shuhei Yoshida, it is the most terrifying thing in the world. Because mm -hmm. he, ha he, he will not give you any niceties. He will cut you to the bone and tell you, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Why would you? And everybody knows the Corey Barlog story now from God of War, right? Where he's mm -hmm. like, I was, I was horrified or whatever. <laughs> it was horrific. And he walked away. I mean, I've heard stories from people like Sony Worldwide developers as well saying like they, they are vocal about how their leadership treats them. And I know Codero was one when he left. Stories started coming out of the woodwork of, yeah, he was never around. He, he never checked anything. Like, Layton and Shohei Yoshida were much more involved. Yeah. But Codero wasn't. So I assume, like, they want to push that involvement to other places that are not just... Because Herman has that now. He has the involvement of Worldwide Studios himself. He's got that on lock. Yeah. So if you want to reach out like you don't want to give him necessarily third party relations. You want him to get like, you want him to go to people who are not necessarily already on board. Yeah, yeah, a goodwill tour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be fascinating. I really, I'm really interested to see. The one thing I haven't seen people bring up again, and this is where we get into weird territory because, of course, Geo Corsi, friend of the show, mm -hmm. but and I have not, I have no insider information on Geo and everything else. Geo leaving last week. Mm -hmm. I wonder if any of it's related to this. Because I always talk about it at IGN, right? The reason we would lose people, not not including us, I guess, but including when early days, right, would be that thing of, especially when it's teams, you know, okay, well, I've been here five years, six years, and my boss is never leaving. Mm -hmm. Where is my, what, how do I climb the ladder? How do I get more responsibility? How do I move up in this company? And I wonder if at all with any of this, whether it be the indie thing, because Geo, of course, you know, uh, started third party, then went to the second party team. And that's where, when he, he left. If it was anything like they had this position, is something he would have wanted to do. I wonder if uh, he had any inclination for a worldwide studios role or something in that head 
uh, being head of World Wide or something to that effect. Right. I, I mean, that's a, that was the thing at Game Informer too. Like, what do you do when your bosses have been there for, since the founding of the magazine? Yeah. Like. I can easily see, even in a laden perspective, of oh, Jim Ryan's boss now. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna become head of PlayStation anytime soon. Yeah. Like maybe I just call this my exit and go. I could see that this shakeup has not worked out the way people who are who want to stay at Sony expected. Yeah. So maybe they're just gonna be like, okay, well, I'm gonna roll my chips somewhere else. And see exactly. And that's the thing is, I, I, again, I, I don't know anything about it, and it's not a fuck you, burn it to the ground <laughs> thing. It's just like, okay, cool, I gotta go shake another shot. Yeah. This but then is again, the, the timings are so go. close. I don't know. I in how PlayStation plays everything so close to the vest. I don't even know if anybody would have known. But do you think go, to go back to Hulse for a bit? Please? Do you think he's going to take over Layden's old thing of the Sony or PlayStation video or movies or whatever it was? No. I think that'll just quietly do its thing over there. <laughs> PlayStation movies, and it'll just be a thing until it's suddenly not now. a thing. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, he's on it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. If anybody, when somebody, when they do something, somebody cares about, that's when it'll be like, ah, oh, now we're gonna run out and do it. Now we're now we're a big part of it. Yeah. Now you're overseeing that. I thing. mean, I could see it happening because, like, Kojima earlier the week said, "Oh, oh yeah. I want to do movies." Like, what if that's a PlayStation Worldwide stu- or movie thing? Yeah. Who knows? I could definitely see him uh, planting the seed in some people's heads out there on this. Uh, he's worldwide. already convinced him to like use his engine, like his strand tour, as he's out there doing all stuff. By the way, too, like you know, love or hate Death Stranding, whatever you're. And, and I don't mean you. I mean anybody's <laughs> feels on it. Just go watch. Go follow Kojima on Instagram. Uh-huh. What a happy young man out there! He's <laughs> just so happy and smiley to have this game off his shoulders and be hobnobbing with he- Helen Mirren and walking around. There, there was a great period for like a couple of years where it was just every day he would take a picture of his lunch. So yeah. if you just like what looking at Japanese food, yeah. it was a great Instagram to follow. And I do, I do. Very, they, they, many of the dishes there are very beautiful. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, now, BJ Bernardo writes in to patreon.com slash games just like so many of you did today, and said, do you foresee a big change in direction for Sony Worldwide Studios with it under new leadership? Or will they just stay the course that led them to the top? To me, this is, we're going to stay the course no matter what. Yeah. Like, this is, we're not going in any bold new directions. This has gotten us working so far. And honestly, like, people think about, oh, Sony got hubristic and ar- arrogant with the PS3, and they did. But they've, had more major, major console successes than they've ever had failures. Sure. Like, three, two handhelds and, a, and even the PSP is not really a failure. Vita was. But the... Well, I mean, it depends like, how you... I mean, you know, it depends what you define as failure. Sales. Okay, yeah, that's a failure. <laughs> but, and software. But... <laughs> you know, like visual novels and games about rubbing girls and well, stuff? We, I mean, we could talk about it all day, but Sony abandoned that thing. Oh, I know. They left out of that. Yeah. No, I'm just giving you the character. Don't worry. But, no, I... I think they know what works. They clearly have a better handle on this. Like, Nintendo I love. Nintendo doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. 90, 50% of the time, I'll say. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's like, okay, we tried this big, dumb thing. It worked. Or we tried this big, dumb thing, and it failed. And you kind of have to flip a coin whether or not it's going to work either time. Sony, for the most part, has a track record to back it up. If I were Jim Ryan, I came into that thing because I did so well holding the line in Europe, then I would keep holding that Hold line. line and everything <laughs> yeah like we need to keep pushing this single player narrative structure yeah. for our games we need to take these experimental risks on some things we need to have a good first party stop and a third party will come yeah and as long as we keep working with developers like it should make sense that we're gonna keep staying on top i can't foresee a thing unless the market changes so drastically in the way like stadia and xcloud and game pass and all that yeah there's nothing that's really going to interrupt their stride right now that was a perfect segue to the thing, but I want to drop one thing in, right? Because you're right. 
it's but it's the idea I think too of like staying the course. I think sounds stagnant mm-hmm. when I think it's staying the course but ensuring the future. Where I think it is that idea of like cool. Herman ran a studio, Gorilla, that we knew was talented, right, for right. the longest time. However, they were making a game that just nobody fucking cared about anymore, right? You know what I mean? Like, okay, whatever, Killzone. I mean, for Killzone. the longest time, Killzone 2 was the lie game because, like, they showed that CG. Totally. They're like, oh, oh this man, is totally real time. It's like, don't on, do yeah. that to the developers. Yeah. They can't do that. Like, yeah. that game is not going to look that way in the PS3. But, you know, so I think it's the idea of bringing him in now and, ha- and yeah, we're going we're gonna to double down on these single-player things, right? Or we're in story and narrative in these games and, you know, really letting people expand. But I think it's also we're doubling down on letting first parties reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Sucker Punch is already in the middle of it you, you, with Ghost of Tsushima, right? Yeah. In terms of, like, cool, we're out there doing something really brave and different and... Man, I, I'm not saying they need help. I don't know. But like Herman would, I'm sure, has plenty of advice on what that's like of like how to rein in a brand new IP and a new project to get it to where you need to be. Right. And I think as you look through the different stables, that's going to be something that they start pushing more and more of. Of cool, we found what our niche is here, and it's letting you guys make awesome shit. You let the marketing teams and all this other stuff figure out how to get it to people and make them care about it. But we can help you make the game. We can help you take what you're good at and put it into a new environment. On the other hand, do you think that like there's any chance they let Insomniac do anything besides Spider-Man? Oh, of course. I mean, what North Carolina's over there twiddling their thumbs, right? <laughs> like they got a whole bunch of people out there not working on Spider-Man. True. But yeah, I think they're definitely making more Spider-Man. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank sequel. Let's go. I was Give so, it time. Yeah. Let it breathe, Barrett. Why, why were there not more remakes? I feel like it, it, this what do you mean? Been. Give it time. <laughs> that game was like fucking three years ago. I know, and still no one's excited. What All of you are over here wanting your crashes and your Spyros. Let it breathe a second. I want a Sly Cooper. Like, not a, not a new Sly Cooper, a remake of the first one. That was my favorite one. The remastered thing, right? You got the, yeah. The Zanzaru collection or whatever. Right? They did that. Where they that HD'd was, it and everything. And then they, did, they did Sly 4 Thieves in Time. I, Sly Cooper was oh, my favorite one like. because it was the one most focused on Sly. Once they started getting to the other characters and sure. started doing more mini games, I'm like, ah, oh, what's the universe? Yeah. 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 I hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, give me the transition again. Uh, Game Pass, xCloud, all that jazz. Speaking of all that junk, number two on the Roper Report, Jim Ryan has a conversation with Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz about the future, including that streaming stuff, PlayStation Now, and all that jazz. Let's join Christopher Dring in progress. And then there's streaming. Microsoft's Project xCloud and Google Stadia may be grabbing all the headlines, but PlayStation Now is currently the most popular service. Sony hasn't heavily promoted the concept since it went live five years ago, but that changed last month with a price cut, the addition of sub-major games including God of War, and a global marketing campaign. Ryan says the results have been a 50% increase in subscribers to 1 million customers in just 30 days. Quote, We are taking this very seriously. The commitment we've made in terms of price cuts, the investment in content, the marketing campaign, it's a pretty vivid illustration of that seriousness. We've been doing this for a number of years, and very quietly, we've been taking an awful lot from it. Yeah, okay. It's not, it's not, that sounds like a bad thing to say. No, right? I, I'm guessing like. it means like we've been learning from it. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Now is a more compelling offer today, but Sony has resisted putting new games into the service. Microsoft does that with its Game Pass subscription offering with every new Xbox first-party game available to subscribers. Quote, It's an area that is fast-changing and fluid, notes Ryan. The nature and scale of some of the first-party games that we are making leads us to think that, right now, it's better to spend energy on making sure that the launch of those games is a massive entertainment event. I would cite God of War and Spider-Man and The Last of Us 2 next year will fall into that category. That's where we stand right now. But our stance on the inclusion of first-party games in PlayStation Now in terms of what we've done this month is very different than our stance 12 months ago. 
I don't want to say this is what PlayStation Now is going to be like forever. But certainly right now, given how some of our first-party IP is incredibly special and valuable, we just want to treat them with amazing care and respect and have those launches be clean and pure. <laughs> that's a Aww. that's the creepiest way to put that, but sure. Like fresh, like unplowed <laughs> snow. <laughs> we talked about this before. Of This is the thing that scares Sony the most, of what if the major first-party games don't become... They don't hold their value. Yeah. Of... The Last of Us Two is a big thing. They want to sell that. They want to sell 15 million copies of that game. If that's on Game Pass Day One or whatever PlayStation Now Day One, how is that going to affect the sales of that game? How is that going to affect their budgets, the way they design the games, all that stuff? I think, like Death Stranding is a very good example. That game would probably have more players if it were a day one release on PlayStation Now, where people could be like, "Okay, this is divisive, but I want to see for myself, Mm, like what this looks like." Yeah, Yeah. But at the same time, that many people aren't going to buy the game to find that out. So even if you get a third of those numbers trying to just buy the game to figure it out or even, like, let's say, redboxing or renting or whatever, yeah, yeah. like, then you have a better, like, better profitability and revenue stream than you would if they just signed up for a month to try this game and then gave up. Yeah. So I, I don't see them... Unless they're forced to, I don't see them try- having to do the Gears of War 5 thing. And that's the thing, is, and, I, and I'm not even trying to throw shade. They don't need to. Mm-hmm. The reason Xbox does that is because it's a great move for gamers and yada, yada, yada. It's also because they're behind, and they need to be bold, and they need to make bold decisions, and they need to do things that catch you off guard, and they need to do things that you go, fuck, I'd be an idiot not to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like We talked about it yesterday, like uh, Outer Worlds getting number three on the top PSN downloads for PlayStation 4 on uh, in October. And it's that idea of, like, it got to number three when, on Xbox, <laughs> you can turn it on for, like, what, a buck a month or whatever the deal was they were running last month. Right. Play that game. Like, they, you have to go, you have to be competitive if you're Xbox to try to do that. Even when the deal is night and day easier for you, people want to stay on one thing. See, so what my fear is, is that it would be very easy for Sony to fall into a Nintendo-like trap. Where Nintendo has to be dragged kicking and screaming into every major thing they do. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, we're... Stop resetting Virtual Console. Just give us a Netflix-like service of games. Like, fine, fine, we'll do this. But then they have to, like, they kind of inch toward it. And, like, Nintendo's a very incrementalist company in a lot of ways. Yeah. Sometimes they make those big moves, sometimes they don't. It'd be very easy for Sony to go, we know what we're doing. This works out so well for us. Because we just talked about hold the line, stay the course, all that stuff. There's a point where that becomes stupid to do. Oh, yeah. And if the market changes around them and they're not reacting to it, then they start falling behind in different ways. They need to be a little bit more reactive, or not not even necessarily react, proactive. I think the PlayStation Now idea is good. Like, they're, them relaunching that and, like, doing a whole new ad campaign, doing the thing where you can download games now so you don't have to actually, like, stream it if yeah, you don't yeah. want to, then that's all, those are all good ideas. If they stay there and, like, we've done enough, then, then it's screwed. Then they need to do way more. I feel like for the and I, I've been you know that I PlayStation Four is the only time I've ever said this is what I would do and PlayStation actually did and I was like holy fucking shit. <laughs> I think you're looking with PlayStation Five at a company that has won and lost and lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, are won and lost and won, right? Mm-hmm. So they understand they don't want it to be the every other year thing. And I think that even with PlayStation now being what it is now and not having every game on there day and date, blah blah blah, blah I think. We talk about the streaming being better. We talk about the fact that you can download now. They've built the backbone there where I feel in this, they have to be reactive. If they see something happen in that, that first year, 
that is like holy shit xbox did x y and z and is starting to pull ahead mm -hmm. they have the ability now to go cool at e3 or say to play next time around we can do it where we're saying guess what everybody you know ghost of tsushima is coming we're super excited and we're proud to announce it'll be the first time ever there's a place you know like why like i feel like they're not going to be they're not going to be caught off guard and like you know not be able to get get out of the blocks because they already have the stuff they need they have the blueprint and foundation there if they really wanted to pull that pull mm -hmm. switch it's the question of will they pull the switch way too late well they had the blueprint for a horse race but i don't know that we can judge these things on horse races anymore sure like what is microsoft's end goal for project scarlet is it we want to sell a billion units? I mean, I'm sure they'd love to. Or is it we want all this stuff on Windows, PC, like all that? Your phone, your... Yeah. yeah. We want you to have an Xbox Live account. We want you to come into Minecraft and all that stuff because that's what matters to us because it means that you might be more interested in other subscription services or whatever. Yeah. Is that, like, in that case, then it could be fine if the Project Scarlet box, why don't we just call it Xbox 2 at this point? Like, if that doesn't sell as well as a PS5. If Sony is solely focused on... How many consoles do we have out there, but no one's paying for PS Plus or no one's paying for PS Now? Is that still good for them? And if so, then great. Mm -hmm. If they're the only ones operating that space, then fantastic. Like, it's entirely their space. Sure. If they want to move out to other spaces, if they do find those areas more profitable, it's like, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that they do have the blueprint to just go like, all right, let's pull, let's pull that ripcord. Let's do the thing that needs to be done. I think there's so much, like, again, it's a Nintendo problem of there's so much institutional knowledge there yeah. that you have a bunch of people who are always going to be convinced they're right. And sure. if those people are convinced they're right based on, I've done this before, it has worked so far. Fucking Herman. <laughs> maybe they shouldn't have promoted him. <laughs> like, maybe he, maybe he is one of those people. Maybe he is an incrementalist. We don't know until we find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's that, if it, they they do rely too heavily on everything they've been holding the line on, if they are too fortressed in... For the PS5, that could hurt them in the long run. Of course. No, it's a great point. It's a really, really great point. And I think, you know, it'll come down to with xCloud, and it gets weirder with Stadia, but with xCloud in particular and Scarlet, yeah. it's going to be that thing of games where if, if, if it's still the, if PlayStation still got the stranglehold on the market because they're still making the best games, they're still making the best exclusives, right? then everybody's going to buy the system no matter what, right? To go play. Last of Us 3, Ghost of Tsushima, all, you know what I mean? All these different things that'll be out there, whatever, PlayStation 5, Horizon 2. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, because I feel like it, you, you can have all the complainers in the world, right? Of like, fuck, I love that my Xbox account's on my phone and this, and I have one thing and I'm just pulling down all the games I'm playing. But if PlayStation's like, yeah, that's cool, you're still buying the system to play these games, why do we care? Right. All right, fuck, then I guess you make a good point and I gotta keep doing this. But I mean, also consider the fact that the market can change rapidly. If we talked two years ago about the biggest games in the world, it would be, oh, it's Call of Duty or whatever. Uh, it, PUBG. That's the thing, though. Uh, like I know. Those, I know. It, changed, <laughs> it changed to PUBG and Fortnite. The, the idea of the biggest games in the world went from, oh, it sold 20 million copies. That's fucking unprecedented. That's unheard of. Yeah. To, this has 100 million users, and people are paying it every day, and it's an event when things happen. Yeah. And Sony doesn't really have those. Like they yeah, have, they 100%. still they have the Call of Duty marketing deal because yeah. they made that deal four years ago when Call of Duty was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. So what if that's a thing that, if you have the best games, that's one thing. But if you have having the best game doesn't necessarily mean that's where the market is. So if people don't let, let's say Death Stranding doesn't sell well, it, it'll probably sell fine. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about the game, it'll probably sell all right. What if from a reviewer perspective, these all these games are getting nine, but the market doesn't react to them any well. They're not that much better. 
what do you as Sony Worldwide I mean, obviously you're not head of Sony Worldwide Studios despite your best efforts. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, once Akumi Nakamura got in. Don't even bring her up, all right? She ruined the entire campaign. She won it. It sucks. Yeah. She won it and then magnanimously gave it to Herman Holst. God, I hate her. (laughs) She's so much better than me. (laughs) But I, I do think that the idea of best games is such a fluid concept. 100%. That they need to... Like we said, the long and short of this is us just basically saying over and over they need to be ro- reactive and proactive at the same time. Yeah. No, I mean, you bring up the great point of uh, is it going to be about games or where I play my games? Right. You know what I mean? Where I can play Fortnite anywhere. And so if I'm obsessed with Fortnite and I'm out there and I can play it on xCloud, I can play it on Stadia, I can do all these different things, what would make me then come and play it on PlayStation? And maybe it is just that box is plugged in because I do want to play God of War 2. Right. But in reality, how much time does it take for me to be doing more and more and more on these other devices that are with me all the time versus mm-hmm. if PlayStation strategy is just like, we're the, we're the set-top box, we're yeah. right here. I'm convinced that a, game, a console's launch year usually makes or breaks... How well it actually does. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Once I mean, it's, if you get behind the eight ball, right? It's you're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed. There's no way around it. You you look at Xbox One. Mm-hmm. That was an impossible thing for them to make, make up for that faux pas of the beginning. Yeah. You look at PlayStation Three, five hundred ninety US dollars. Impossible for them to catch up on. But even and granted, yeah. they and I know. Don't even you're wrong me. I understand <laughs> they eventually catch up and outsell. But I mean, public opinion, games being made specifically to run best on three sixty, like all that jazz. Right. Like in terms of units sold, PS Three did best. Uh, at the end, like when Xbox had moved on, it didn't care about the race anymore. Yeah, I mean, technically we did best, but it, <laughs> but it is it's an interesting thing to look at it now because, like, I I've been watching this industry for God, like, how many years now? Twenty years. Jeez, you're old. Because <laughs> I was I was like seventeen when I first got my job. But regardless, the I don't think the horse race defines the industry anymore. And we we tend to lean back on that because it's what we know. Yeah, it's empirical. Yeah. We can look at this thing and we see the numbers and like, okay, this is this must be doing great because it's, the numbers say it is. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I think this generation is going the first time where it's obvious to people. Oh right, we don't. The numbers themselves don't tell the full story. So we'll see how Sony works with that in the future. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about the future, Imran. Mm-hmm. So much cool stuff's happening. But next generation is still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grub shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Head Snatchers on Switch and PC. Stay cool, Kobayashi-san. A River City Ransom story on, on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I don't know. Can you bring it up for us? All of these get We have lots of awesome names on it here. Yeah, no, it's a Switch day. You know, it's a Thursday, yeah. so you're getting a lot of that it stuff. It just reminds me of uh, Be Cool Chat. Be cool. Be cool, be cool, be cool chat. chat. Don't worry about chat, it. Don't worry cool. about the whale spins. Wheel spins. Whale spins. <laughs> Incredible Mandy on Switch. Juicy Realm on Switch. Mechanica on PS4. The Grizz... Asia Trilogy. The Grisasia, Griasia, maybe? Trilogy on Switch. The Mango Works on Switch. Strange Telephone on Switch. <laughs> Ritual Crown of Horns on Switch. Sky Bolt Zack on Switch and PC. Monkey Barrels on Switch. Puzzlement on Switch. Tokyo Dark Remembrance on Switch. As Divine Kamura on Switch. Meanders on Switch. Here we go. This is Stay Cool Kobayashi Son, a River City Ransom story announcement trailer from Arc System Works. Barrett Courtney pulling it up. Here we go. In 1986, the River City series are still loved and popular. Well, that's some Smash Brothers font right there. <laughs> that is some real Smash Brothers font right there. The man. Hmm. 
Man, they are some, that they is are, straight up just they Smash are Smash Brothers. Brothers in it up right now. Yeah. So yeah, all right. So it's just to beat them up. Yeah, this game looks like shit, but looks like Garbo. Yeah, I'm interested in anything River City. Something oh, okay. <laughs> like uh, Animus Harbinger on Switch, Super Street Racer on Switch, uh, All Bet On Wars PC and Mac, Voxelgram on PC, uh, Roto Bricks on PC and Mac. Uh, the Coma 2, Vicious Sisters, arrives on Steam Early Access today. If you asked me to make a name of fake, or a list of fake game titles, this would have been the Oh, list. dude, we're out of game titles. They literally, <laughs> I think people do just hit the, na- the name generator now, and this is what they get. R-Type Dimensions EX is now available on iOS. Uh, City Skylines 2 expansions, Modern City Center, and Downtown Radio DLC uh, are available on PC and Xbox with the release of PlayStation 4 coming on November 8th. Uh... Oh, this is a fun one that I saw on Twitter today. Days Gone. With the release of our 1.6 patch and tomorrow's launch of Death Stranding, we've added new Death Stranding-themed bike tanks, decals, and frame paint. Download our latest patch and check it out. One of the tanks that is, in BB fact, the BB. It's the BB uh, rolling around, and I'm like... Do you want me to pull it up? You, yeah, sure. Because it's yeah. terrifying. Go to the, I'm like, God <laughs> damn, you guys are about to make me go freaking download this game again. Really? Because that, that's horrifying. You're sitting on the BB. Show it, show it. <laughs> All right, I'm looking. Who doesn't want a BB strap between their thighs? You know what I'm saying, Barrett? Sony's low 80s Metascore Brothers. And then the Stadia app is now on the Google Play Store. You need to get your, um, your invite code from your Stadia Founders Pack to be able to use it yet, but it's there if you want to download it. Mm. One day it'll be on iOS. Uh, and then new dates for you. Uh, Jamestown Plus is coming to Nintendo Switch and PC December 12th. Uh, here, Barrett is throwing it up right now if you're a, a video watcher from, of course, the Ben Studio Twitter account. Look at that. Look at that. Walk up. Shh, baby. Oh, no. My baby. I hate it. I love it. I First love of it. all, that baby is like weirdly modeled. That's like a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an 18-month-old baby in there. A baby in there. And then they got a whole bunch of other stuff from Death Stranding in there. Good on you. Look at them continue to support this game. They're focusing so much on the crotch. It's they have to. Yeah. That's where the BB lives. Uh, God. BB. Uh, Did you like this? Or, uh, Days Gone? I don't... Mm, I played it on a demo. I never played the full game. Nah. I right. thought it was all right. Like, yeah. I I dug the crowd stuff, but beyond that, I didn't find a whole yeah. lot to latch onto. Yeah. Uh, deals of the day for you. Nintendo put out some Black Friday stuff. Uh, this Black Friday, Nintendo is offering a bundle that will provide those memories right out of the box. That's a f- I remember that. I, I remember when I got my N64 on Christmas Day. That was a good day. Yeah. Uh, starting on November 28th, select retailers will offer offer the bundle, which includes a Nintendo Switch system and a download card for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, at a suggested retail price of only 20- $299.99. That's the price of a Switch system with a uh, game at no extra cost. Wario64 pointed out that this was the exact same Nintendo Switch uh, Black Friday deal from two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when people stop buying Mario Kart, they'll stop bundling it together. Yeah. On top of that, a bunch of games are getting $20 off, including Super Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Party, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Splatoon 2, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, yeah. Mario Tennis Aces, Kirby Star Allies, Octopath Traveler, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, and a pair of Joy-Cons, uh, gray or neon red and neon blue. Ooh. Oh, plus the Pokeball uh, accessory is getting 30 bucks off, so there you go. Get out there and catch your Pokemon. I... I've reached the point with Switch stuff where even if a physical thing is on sale, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to buy a physical cart. Like, I, oh, I just, sure, yeah. yeah. No, no. Like when Ring Fit Adventure, I opened that box up and I looked Oof. at the thing, I was like, oh, right. I have to actually put a cart put into the Switch. In have you been playing Ring Fit? Yes. How is it? Uh, tiring. Yeah? The you overhead- had a good workout? Mm, yeah. I'm, I, I was going to say I get sweaty, but... That's just that, walking around? Yeah, that could be nothing. That could just be <laughs> normal living. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, I see Klepik doing it all the time. I don't know how. 
They asked me. I was like, I'm good. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need that right now. Uh, time for reader mail. You can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hymns. You've heard us talk about Hymns and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about, just like Andy and Nick did. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35, and once you notice thinning hair, it can be too late. This Black Friday, secure the best deal of all, a healthier, thicker hairline. Go to 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. These are prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person, so no more in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. For Hims connects you with real doctors online, which can save you hours completely confidentially and discreetly. Answer a few quick questions, a doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Uh, order now. My listeners can get started with the Hymns Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today right now while supplies last and subject to a doctor's approval. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy or somewhere else. Go to 4 slash games daily. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash games daily. 4 slash games daily. Our next sponsor is Manscaped. Support for Kind of Funny Games Daily comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fella. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking to you about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 that Tim and myself have been using. We compare uh, results daily. Tim needs to use it more. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Uh, it's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Uh, lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Uh, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. These products smell good. You know it. I know it. Everybody who smells your balls will know it. The Perfect Package uh, will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. Tis the ski season to Manscaped. So, get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code GAMES. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Santa's always checking my balls when he comes in to give you some presents, you know? I leave ball-shaped cookies for him. Why else would you have the milk bear? Why else would you have the milk bear? Think about it. I'm not gonna think <laughs> about the ball-shaped cookie going to your mouth, Barrett. Amon in DC rhymes with Damon. Writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Happy N7 Day, Greg and Imran. Man, remember when that was a big deal? Yeah. People used to really care about N7 Day. With the meme-filled fallout of Andromeda's launch and the complete disaster that Anthem has turned out to be, where does Bioware take Mass Effect from here? Does Bioware attempt to bring shared world mechanics to the Mass Effect franchise in the vein of Anthem? Or do they attempt to rekindle the magic of the, orig- the, magic of the original trilogy with a more straightforward, single-player-focused experience? Acknowledging that there will likely be a long time until we see or hear anything about an inevitable future title, what would you be most interested in seeing from the future of Mass Effect? 
I don't know. I like we didn't talk about it, but EA had that call a couple of yep. days or last week where they said Dragon Age is a long time off. It's yeah. at least two to three years away. Yeah. Uh, m- they need to get that game out first. And that, and I think that's where you see the fruits of this, right? We yeah. talked about it on that day where I think Dragon Age has to be cool. It's a Bioware single player RPG. Here it is. Sorry, everybody. It's what you want from us. We're here. Right. That like Anthem, I don't think. I know they had plans to relaunch it. I don't know that it's actually going to get there at this point because people keep leaving the project. Yeah. They keep promoted to run the project. <laughs> Which I, 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 maybe it's a thing of they don't have the. Usually, when you try to relaunch a game, it's because it's sold well enough in the first place that you can't. You have the money and you don't want to risk the hit to your you know reputation to yeah, not yeah, do yeah. it. I think they're probably better off just like we don't have the money to make this good, so let's just let it go. We'll yeah. see how it happens. Yeah, yeah. But I think. If they're going to try to take on Mass Effect, they need to make sure that they can knock Mass Effect out of the park. I don't know that Bioware right now is capable of that. Yeah. Especially while also making Dragon Age. Yeah. If after Dragon Age, they're like, okay, this is well accepted. Like, people really like this game. I think we can take another shot at Mass Effect. By that point, we're talking, like, late in the generation, next generation. Yeah, I was going to say a late PS5 Scarlet game, yeah. But if they think they can do that, then I think, yeah, some of those ideas of... Like I think it was Jason Schreier that had that article saying Andromeda was originally going to be a game where you explore planets, and you like go like a No Man's Sky style thing, and okay. it got pared down and down and down until it became the game that released and was critically panned. Yeah, I think that kind of idea, especially in the wake of like this SSD no loading future we're currently going into, that would be cool. Of just going from place to place and looking and actually like not just like colonizing planets, but Exploring space that has not been explored, doing the Star Trek kind of thing. Totally. That is the way I would want Mass Effect to go. The way I don't want it to go is let's just make another linear shooter that has dialogue choices. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, I, lo- I love the first couple of Mass Effect games. I love first one and then two and three after that. But I don't think if they made that game again in 2020 to 2025, that would be nearly as fun or interesting. Yeah. And if it would, it would just feel like a product out of time, which could do well, right? That was my my criticism of Outer Worlds, right? And I'm pretty much the only one who shares <laughs> that to that extent. Where everybody else is like, "This is game of the year." I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like a return to Mass Effect form that ran well and did things, and is either a reboot or picking up with Commander Shepard in some way. That could right. be interesting, right? Do it like Kratos, old man Shepard, old woman Shepard. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of that game depends on its writing. Yeah. So if you don't have the writers in place to do it well, then don't do it at that point. Like Anthem as a game, whatever. Like it's a loot game that it doesn't have a good end game, or all those things are valid criticism for that game. The worst problem for that game for me is that its story is fucking boring, mm, mm. and then it's not interesting. And it has like a weird cliffhanger that do- will never get paid off. And even the cliffhanger itself is not that interesting. Sure. If you're gonna do Mass Effect that same way, then I'd rather you just like let don't it do go. It. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Le- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Leave it alone. Let's. Make a different kind of game, or I again, we'll have to see how Dragon Age does first because they, if they can do fantasy, maybe they can do space fantasy after that. Where did you come down to Mass Effect 3? Uh, I am one of those people who overall just did not like it. Ending aside, even yeah, yeah. throwing that ending out, I thought the game was very badly paced. I thought the way they tried to humanize the conflicts with the little ghost baby or whatever, yeah, the ghost kid, yeah, yeah, the kid who died in the beginning, yeah. like the fact that they kept trying to impress upon you, there's so much urgency. We're, the Earth is dying. We need to go back, 
by the way, here's all these quests. Do you want to help Miranda with her sister? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, why not? I got fucking time. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. The fact that it used multiplayer arenas as side quest places where you just go in and like you kill enemies for a while yeah, and the story yeah. plays out. I didn't like any of that stuff. Yeah. But I think that game in a vacuum is fine. I think Mass Effect One is my favorite because I just oh, really? love the RPG trappings. Yeah, yeah. I love the I, I refer to the, the Vigil moment when you go meet Vigil the AI yeah. and he just exposits the like story to you and it's a huge revelation. The music is playing and it was great. I think Mass Effect 2 is objectively a better game. It just didn't have that moment mm. so I didn't like it as much. Gotcha. But I think both of them are miles ahead of myself. Yeah, three. I adored Mass Effect 2 so I think that was the problem with 3 mm-hmm. where when you got there it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. This, right. is the, this is the same game just not as good. Yeah, so. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Good, 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 good. <sighs> What's the final question? Okay, Frank Furter writes into patreon.com slash games and says, Activision blizzards have stepped in the muck again, but for reasons that aren't in their control. Congressman Lou Carrera is upset that Activision Blizzard has allowed a racist group, the Enclave, to set up a player base inside WoW. While I don't believe that Activision Blizzard waved a welcome hand to them and said, hey, here's your safe space, I also don't see how they can get rid of them if they are playing the game like everyone else. Granted, the group had a racist Halloween costume contest, which should be bannable offense. How do they go about finding the other members and bring down the banhammer? Can they bring, can they bring down the hammer if they are simply enjoying the game? Racism doesn't belong anywhere in today's society. Uh, so how do companies eradicate it from their player base? Did you see this earlier? I saw the story. I didn't actually like read. The, I didn't put uh, it into the thing because it's like uh, into the Roper Report. Because yeah, it's that uh, Lou Congressman Lou down there, right? Mm-hmm. Anaheim is in his thing. He did a tweet leading up to BlizzCon that was like, "Hey, I was gonna welcome you here, but I see you allow this." And it was this really, yeah, this group, the Enclave, having a racist Halloween costume contest in the game. Mm-hmm. He's like, "If you allow this shit, like you shouldn't be here," kind of thing. Uh, you, well, I wish you were, you know, more focused on not doing this. Letting this kind of crap happen, right? And so it's like a cool, like, go get them, Lou. But it's not like I don't know if that's Roper report worthy. You know, what I, mean? I mean, like, developers can culturally control their games quite a bit, and it extends to different, like, not even within the game. Like, uh, God, what was the name of that other game that came out recently? The the Knights g- Battle Game. Um, you're wrong. Can tell us, but they had a thing where they had a forum where they're like, show off your. They try to use the N word, but like they had with knights instead, and. Like, there was a super long thread they keep going, okay. and they said some things to PC Gamer, like, oh, we're going to offend someone either way, so why not just have it the way, like... Jesus. Do you not remember this? Like, chivalry. Is chivalry, that was, yeah, that was okay, it, yeah. That's what nanobiologist says. It was a couple of months ago. I do not remember this at all, no. But they, they culturally had no interest in policing their game. Sure. And I don't know what Blizzard does with as far as WoW goes. I've heard from people that, like, oh, you go into certain servers or even to certain areas of the game, and it's a complete law, or lawless, you know, fr- no man's land of people just saying whatever the fuck they want. And so culturally, that kind of reinforces itself. And if you start thinking, like, okay, well, this game is more accepting of this because the moderation doesn't necessarily, like, see this so often or whatever, it kind of reinforces itself, and it's a feedback loop on that thing. So things can get suddenly quite racist that way. Like, why does why is Dota two a toxic environment? It's not necessarily because of the game design of Dota two. Yeah, it's because that sort of thing has been allowed to fester for so long. Over on Vice is where the I think it starts from. Congressman shames Blizzard for letting Nazis run wild in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. A California congressman is calling out Blizzard for allowing Nazis to roam Azeroth in World of Warcraft. Rep Lou Car- Carrera <laughs> of Anaheim shamed a company Twitter after the members after members of a staff who plays the legendary MMORPG noticed other players host 
hosting a racist Halloween costume inside the game. The player who runs a racist anti-Semitic uh, guild called Enclave uh, had his um, we're, we're racist. We're, I'm not going to go into all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Korea has taken a strong stance against white supremacist terrorism in the United States. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it has demanded law enforcement. Uh, the user-generated content found in World of Warcraft is just one example of how far-right extremists, uh, extremists uh, are infiltrating online platforms in video games, he said in an email. By allowing white supremacists uh, refuge, companies inadvertently create safe harbors that extremists uh, can leverage to recruit and indoctrinate other uh, people while also degrading the enjoyment for other people's fans. Uh, to Frankfurter's question of like, well, what do you do about it? Well, there's a screenshot, I'm sure, with all their fucking names above it. You ban all of them. Mm-hmm. that's easy you know it's how you i'm trying to i'm trying to scroll through to see if there's any response from blizzard to this article but that would be the easiest thing it's like uh, yeah there's horrible fucking people everywhere right and when you it's like and i i don't know if there's like a i'm not in the back end of any wow or any other video game to like they're checking everything else i'm doing i imagine if you see them throwing around a lot of bad words you'd be like hey how about we don't uh, say these words ban them and then you look at the context like oh get the fuck out of the game it's not necessarily a thing blizzard can do something about but i mean obviously it's I don't know. I don't want to blame them. But at the same time, oh yeah, I'm not saying if like, it happens this is within like their game, it should like. I was looking up an old older story from USA Today. They were going by a, they used a Steve Bannon quote that refers to how they used to recruit from World of Warcraft, like get all right people. And the exact yeah, quote yeah. is: you can activate that army. They come in through Gamergate or whatever, and then get turned into politics and Trump. That if you know that's happening in your game, what do you do about it? And I don't know exactly what Blizzard is doing, but if their line is, we're only going to ban for racism, culturally, you need to cut it off way before that. Yeah. Because once it gets to the racism point, that means it's already pretty embedded. In, like, it's not just one person using the wrong word. It means that there's already, like, entire groups dedicated to this sort of thing in the game. If you're waiting for them to, you know, hit the detonator on the bomb, it's already too late. Agreed. Yeah, you have to be there from the get-go to build a better culture. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are in the chat, or, or I'm sorry, in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, or calling out the fact that it's actually not chivalry you're thinking of. Mordhau. Mordhau. Yes. That's the one everybody's caught up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had completely forgotten the name of that game, because I feel like that was the last thing I heard anything about it. Yeah, 100%. Thank yeah. goodness. <laughs> Time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Robbie Rob needs help on the PC and Xbox. His uh, username is a bad one. Zyam E-X. He had to spell it out for me. Like if you, if you, or he had to sound it out for me. It's not like it's a PSN name. He has, he can change it. But that's what he's stuck on, and then it's like, and here's, here's, here's yeah. the sign you have a terrible username. When you give it to me, and you have to then put it phonetically after me. Yeah. Zyamex. If it sounds like something your doctor prescribed you. Exactly. Uh, if you- <laughs> Zyamex, for a better tomorrow. <laughs> uh, side effects of Zyamex are included. Uh, X-Y-A-M-E-A-X. Sorry for whoever I offended. I'm sure they're like, that is my favorite anime, anime Goku. He fought, he fought the squirrel that one time. That my turned favorite into a giant- animal, Naruto. <laughs> animo, n- Naruto, headman. As that- someone who is a part of the PC fight, of Halo. Ah, no, uh, the PC flight of Halo. I'm wondering if there are any KFBFs out there who also are a part to do some classic firefight or more in Halo Reach. I only borrowed the game when it first came out and participated in the 360 beta, but never owned the game. This is finally a chance to play with the community as much as I did back in my Halo 3 days for a short time before the release of the game. I also have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for other games to play and the Master Chief Collection when it's finally released. If you would like to take Zyamex... And tell me about your side effects. Go ahead and hit up Robbie Rob and play with him. Can you make a shirt that says that's my favorite animo? 
I'm down for it. Sure. <laughs> Andy can get working on it right now. Um, let's get into kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. This is where people watching live write in, tell us what we got wrong. We tell you, hey, we screwed up. Here it is. Uh, nanobiologist confirms Mike Futter writes for gamesdaily.biz. Mm. That wasn't the, the question. Did he write the thing I was talking about? Though? I want to say it's I don't think he did. Joshua Yell. No, not Joshua Yell. Uh, Joshua, it's a comic. Yeah, He's an IGN you. comic writer? No, uh, God, what was his name? I, I don't remember, but it's, it wasn't him who wrote that civic story. Uh, more nanobiologist stuff here, and we missed the deal of the day. Just Cause 4 Reloaded is free to play on Steam this weekend. What is Reloaded? Uh, Did they like re-release that game DLC better? or some crap? I don't know. Uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands is coming in 2020. That's been a uh, uh, yeah. The biologist mentioned that I was like, I don't know anything about WoW, so I don't. I don't usually. If it's just a, if it's a blanket year, I usually don't put it into release dates because I don't yeah. count that. You need to tell me the date. Uh, Though he did say like that's it's making World of Warcraft fans very happy. Because they're like Blizzard is. Well, they're all racists, yeah. apparently. Is what I <laughs> uh, the big beautiful biologist says the Switch Pro controller is forty dollars on Newegg. Um, Spencer says heads up regarding the Black Friday Switch. The Mario Kart bundle is a launch Switch, so it will have worse battery life than the improved model. I don't know why you got to do that. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and a lot, a bunch of people wrote in about Corey Barlog being a goon on Twitter with Morse code and shit. That's just Corey fucking around. I bet. Yeah, Corey's just you know how Corey is. You think Corey's got anything important to say? No. Nah. He's, he's procrastinating. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like walking like, all right, cool. So when Atreus gets here, what are we going to do? And he's like, hold on. I got this Morse code bit I'm doing. <laughs> Let me buy. And I'm also buying 15 more white Henleys. Get out of here, Corey. <laughs> Figure it out. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what that means. We should ask him what his favorite white cloth flavor is. Uh, yeah, we should. <laughs> all right. People are asking if we're doing a live reaction to XO19. I remember we debated that. And I don't know what we ever came down on. My uh, recollection. It, it runs into a bunch of our other programming. And then it's also the concern of doesn't seem like people are teasing that it's going to be like full of announcements. I yeah. will say they asked people to come in this year and previous years they did not. Like actually. Oh, like in. press? Yeah. Oh, interesting. interesting. Okay. Well, our official schedule says no. Okay. Um, yeah. Wait, I, where does that say? Because the official schedule I see says yes. I'm looking at our calendar that right? doesn't have it on there anymore. Thursday, the 14th. I see it still. Oh, I thought that was next week. Or the, uh, I thought that was today, not next week. This is me. This My is bad. Me <laughs> crotch shopping at you right now. Uh, yeah, I think. Huh? We're going to talk about it tomorrow in our meeting, I think. Yeah, we'll figure it out, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Let me know if you think we should. If enough of you do, we'll still do what we want. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week, down a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games with your questions, comments, concerns, and more. Uh, remember, today we're doing the Kind of Funny Games cast live Thursday, 2 p.m. Me, Tim, Fran, Imran, talking games, having a good time. If you want to be part of it, go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can watch live, ad-free, pre- and post-show included. You can also get that on demand tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. Well, I mean for eternity, but for it'll go up for free on Monday. No pre- and post-show. Chock full of ads. Suck it. Um, then Friday, that's tomorrow. It's me and Tim hosting the show. Imran, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you. It's a pleasure hanging out with you. We had some great conversations and discussion today. Are you hitting on me? What? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> cool. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>